no. <laughs> you keep that on TikTok and it can stay there. <laughs> I was telling Emily about one of my new favorite TikTokers who starts every TikTok with, hey, whore. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Um, You're very strange and I don't understand. I promise I'll only do that once. Yeah, it probably shouldn't make me feel as good as it no, does it to really hear him shouldn't. say that. <laughs> I like it. I don't know what it is. I just trust him, so it's fine. <laughs> How's it going, Em? I'm very concerned. Okay. I mean, but like in the in the long term. <laughs> the jury's out. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's for both. I'm yeah. very concerned short term and otherwise. <laughs> just, you know. Um, uh, what are we drinking? Yeah. So, okay. That's a good question. Cause I brought it, but I don't fucking know what it's called. It was, a. it is it's a, in a can. It comes from a can. They were it put there by a man. Tequila. In a factory downtown. <laughs> it is, is this your attempt at a, a limerick? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the peaches song. I don't know. Anyway. So it's. It is tequila. It's a tequila seltzer type yes. of thing. There is a lime one. There is a mango one. Yes. And then there was a pineapple one. I am not excited for the pineapple. Yeah. I Tropical I, is not my thing. Right. I, was even, I wasn't sure how you feel about mango. I'm okay with mango. Okay. That's good. Because I figure like I'll fall on the pineapple sword. I've got no problem with that. What is in here right now? Because you poured Mango. Them. Okay. Let's go. Let's right. mango. Let's mango. That is bracing. I feel like I was a little bit assaulted. Uh, like it was just like the, the flavor was cold. And then it was other things after that. It's definitely seltzer. It's definitely seltzer. It's 100% seltzer water with flavor underneath. And tequila. And tequila because you added more tequila, right? I did. <laughs> this is kind of We're going to kill off that bottle of tequila tonight. Yes. It's just going to fucking happen. Look, it's been with us for like it's three episodes been. now. You got spam. I am going to make this better, though. Hold on. Oh, yeah, please. Um, Do to it whatever you need to do to it to enjoy it. <laughs> While Emily's getting that, I'm going to tell a story about how cold I fucking was. Oh my God. Okay. Anybody who lives where we live right now knows it's goddamn so cold again, you know, the way that it gets. And it snowed like a motherfucker. So everything is horrible. And then it instantly got so cold that, like, the same, like, extra snow bits on my car that I had the day it snowed. They don't move. They when don't. It's cold. They do not. Every window is frozen in my car all the time. It's hard to get the doors open. And when I went to go get gas on my way to Emily's, I couldn't get the gas thingy. It's not the cap because it doesn't have one. It's a door. It's the door to the gas. <laughs> the, the door to where they put it was frozen. And I had to pry it with one because it's just for one little finger. And I've got small fingers. too, yeah. So it was still really hard to get like one crooked Tiny in there. Fingy. I almost died is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but here, I'm here now at yeah. Emily's house, and we're going to do some great shit. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time. a drink. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You added some Sprite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfectly palatable. Yeah. Still very refreshing. Yeah. I'm into that. Thank you. So, Who I believe, <laughs> I believe I go first. Sure. Because you did the horrible oh, theme park story yes. first last time. Yes. yes. Yeah. Still getting over it. And just still so glad that you didn't go into detail on their horrible deaths. Because um, I think about all the time now <laughs> what, what happened. Oh, you think about that one? I mean, that one's the most near one that I've been traumatized by a little bit. Um, there's been plenty of others. That's the other name of this show. <laughs> Get traumatized. <laughs> For free. <laughs> one of these days I would love to have like a here's the thing we say at the top of the show like a lot of podcasts have and what I, it would definitely be like get traumatized with Emily and Taylor it's the of <laughs> I mean more accurately it's probably get traumatized by Emily <laughs> with Taylor, with Taylor. <laughs> so true I think I I have very far in the past done some really bad ones I used to I did like the people in the box you did. There was a boy in the box and a girl in the box. I remember that the other day and I was like, wow, I really haven't gone there with myself in a while. And I'm like, good with that. But, you know, probably I'll get back there one of these times. Yeah, because I mean, the light 
existing came from one of the box stories yes. because there was no light at there the end. No, there Taylor, was no light. I mean, the, there was light in that they got out, but they weren't okay. It absolutely damaged people forever. Those ones, um, it, those are rough. Um, look, I've already got my next one lined up because I was like, "That's sick," but I was halfway through this one when I stumbled across it, so that one's gonna be a little bit darker. Okay. This one, I already told Emily, please don't hate me for the parallels mm -hmm. between this story and my last story, except that there's a lot more information about this one, specifically from the survivor's point of view, which is good. So, let's do this. I'll begin with a quote. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quote, not all who wander are lost. Hey. But I sure as heck was. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, that, is how, <laughs> that is how this person begins the YouTube video where I got a lot of the stories. She does her own YouTube video saying, like, this is my memory of what happened, which is cool. But first, let's start with a couple other people. Lytle James and William Jeff Valines uh, had known each other for their whole lives. And they had grown up in Newton County, Arkansas. They had spent years riding mules through the Ozarks, which is like a mountainous area, um, pretty remote and kind of like a destination for hiking, almost like the Appalachian Mountains, um, but just a little further west. It runs through Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma, and um, it's known for being incredibly beautiful, if not a little treacherous. Hmm. So there's like waterfalls, and then there's the Buffalo National River, and it's very cool. William Jeff. That is his full first name, William Jeff. Don't fucking worry about it. Hey. It's Arkansas. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this is first name? Yeah. William Jeff. William Jeff. Does he have a middle name? I mean, I don't know. This is how they refer to him as William Jeff Valines. And then I was like, oh, okay. So they're just giving all three of his names. And then when they would refer to him by first name only, they would say William Jeff. So I don't know if he has a middle name on top of that. Is he a serial killer? I mean, Taylor? no. I promise no. He's okay. like the opposite of that. So William Jeff in particular knew this area like the back of his hand. They just grew up there. They used to like they rode mules because fucking whatever. Um, so that is why when a six year old girl named Haley went missing in the Ozarks and a gigantic search was underway, Lytle and William Jeff approached the volunteers to offer their idea of where they thought little Haley would have ended up. They were, unfortunately, turned away. Oh. Because they were like, this is our search area. These are our resources. We're not going to use the time and resources to go like on the hunch that you guys have. Sorry. This is from Lytle. Quote, you can't criticize the officials for what they had in mind. What I would criticize is that they turned away a lot of people with knowledge of the area who wanted to assist. So the search was being conducted in the area where Haley had disappeared, taking into account her age, her knowledge of the area, which was none, and spreading out from there. That's how they make search areas. They create models of like, here are all the directions she could have gone and like how far she could have gotten based on her age and size and all of that. So Lytle and William Jeff believe the search should have been widened even further and include some areas where they believed it would be easy to end up if you had no clue where you were going. I really don't know why they didn't extend the search area, Lytle says. The search organizers asked Lytle and William Jeff to sign in so that they could be assigned a search area, and they were like, actually, no. We'll just go where we think we should go, and we'll search ourselves. So let's go to Haley. So Haley Zega was, as I mentioned, six years old. She'd grown up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and she notes that that is, like, a lot of people think of that because it's in Arkansas as, like, a one-horse fucking nothing town. Yeah. It's actually got 90,000 people in it, and it's a college town. So it's bigger than where we live right now, at least by a bit. And because she'd grown up in, like, the big city, mm. her grandparents wanted to ensure that she grew up with an appreciation of nature and oh, shit. Oh, God. So, their plan was to bring Haley on a hike. Oh, no. In late April of 2001. No. Yeah. They would bring her to a well-known trail in the Ozarks, ending in a place called Whitaker Point. It's super beautiful, 
but also like a lot of the trail runs along this like 200 foot bluff. I don't so trust these grandparents. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, I need you to understand that this is not a super dark story. So everyone has the best of intentions, but they fuck up hard. <laughs> it's one of those. I hope everyone can feel how much I'm squinting at Taylor. Emily is squinting at me the microphone. so hard. Like, um, just all the suspicion. It's uh-huh. filling up the room. <laughs> I'm the opposite of don't be suspicious. Do be suspicious. Do be suspicious. <laughs> Let's see here. So I know about this story, as I mentioned, because in 2020, uh, Haley, then 25 years old, like creates this YouTube video telling this story herself. And there's like, it's, it's just all from her point of view as she recalls it. Um, and she's told this story a, a million times. Like she kind of puts you at ease at first. Like this is not a hard story for me to tell. I've told it thousands of times, sometimes to reporters and podcasters, but like right now I'm just going to do it myself on my own. So she says like due to her young age, She lacked appreciation for how beautiful things were. She was just kind of like... She was six. Exactly. No, she was just kind of like, this is boring. Yeah. I found shit boring at six. Oh, my God. I found shit boring at 14. Yeah. I used to think I liked things because, like, my mom loved to go down to, like, the lakefront art festivals and walk Mm -hmm. through all the tents. And I liked the idea of it. Just yeah. like I liked the idea of museums until I was actually there. And then you're like, oh. And then I'm like, I'm so bored yes. right now. I have appreciated one tent. There's five more and I can't. <laughs> right. That's that's how kids are. Yeah. They get tired easily. Yeah. And then they just get bored and mad. Yeah. And, and like, if things are stationary around them. Right. It's really hard to stay focused. Right. Even though it's like, you know, eventually you get to a point in your life where you can look at something and be like, wow, that is truly beautiful. And I Moving on. It. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but so she was getting pretty ornery sure. at this point. She's due, six. Yeah, exactly. She is a child due to being super tired and shit. It's a literal so they, baby. It's just like a little tiny baby. So they reach this point on the trail and they've passed over the top of a large waterfall. And it's really cool. Like the waterfall's rad. Um. They very much wanted to see, like, she wanted to see this waterfall. It was the coolest thing she'd encountered so far. I'm concerned. But because, like, this is, like, it's the it's the trail and the waterfall and then, like, the 200-foot drop to the river below where the waterfall ends, oh, obviously. Fuck. And there's, the only way to get down from there, it's, like, well-known as a part of, like, a thing you can do is climb down a tree. That's what you have to do. <laughs> And her grandpa's like, I'm going to do it. And she's like, I want to do it. Oh, and he's like, no. Yeah, to their credit, they both go, you know what? No. Nope. Not a good idea, Haley. Nope. We are not doing that. So well, let's just keep going this way. And she goes, and she sits down at the top of the waterfall Uh-oh. and does that thing where she's like, I'm not going anywhere unless somebody carries me. Like, Uh-oh. I'm not walking another step. Mm-hmm. This is fine. It's, it's fine. So... What do you do as a guardian parent type thing for a child who is throwing that kind of tantrum? Let's see. It's 2001. Uh, yeah. Ish around yeah. there. Yeah. You leave the child behind. <laughs> so well. To so, prove a point. Yes. And then you don't go far and you wait for them to get up to follow you. That's exactly it. What I have in my notes is the old, well, I guess we'll leave you behind uh-huh. trick. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's happened to me before. Uh-huh. I've absolutely been told like, well, see ya. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they're not actually going to leave you, but they want to make you nervous enough that you will get up and come along. Yep. So they're like, okay, I guess we'll just leave you here. We'll head into this awesome trail without you. Oh, well. <sighs> and she says like, they wanted me to follow them. And I did. I tried to quote, I got up. And I tried to follow them, but as I said, the trees at that time of year were full of foliage, and it was so dense that it was like a curtain had dropped between me and them. And, like, it's literally seconds, and she can't see them anymore, and she can't hear them. And she has no idea where they've gone. And in front of her now is a bank of trees, and on one side is the main trail. You can tell. It's bigger. It's well-worn. And then on the other side is this smaller trail, which turns out might have just been like a fucking deer trail. Probably. That kind of wraps around the other side of the bank of trees. And she thinks this is probably going to like meet up with the main trail again. And she wanted to kind of head them off. 
So she was like, I'll just go that way on the little trail. And she gets a few feet in there and suddenly just has no goddamn idea where she is. Again, she can't hear her grandparents. They clearly took the bigger trail. That one, that little one did not wrap around the way she thought it was going to. And she is straight up fucking lost. So moral of the story, don't pull that shit with kids. No. Especially in the wild. Definitely not where like a child. Where they're sitting on a fucking waterfall. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could have gone wrong here. (laughs) A 200 foot drop of a bluff nearby. Yeah. This is some rough shit, and I'm sure, like, they literally probably only went a few feet, and then we're going to turn her back around right. and head for her. And they probably did that, like, instantly and just missed her. hmm So she says, like, yeah, in a matter of seconds, I was just lost, completely and totally lost. It is here in the video that Haley makes mention of some important advice that we talk about a lot. What do you do when you're lost? Don't move. Don't move. You don't fucking move. (laughs) Don't move. (laughs) Unfortunately, Haley says later that she was like, she was just the right age to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Like if she had been a little younger, she might have just sat down there and started crying out of fear. Yeah. If she had been a little older, she might have known and understood the rule about not moving. She was ne- she was in neither of those places. She all she could think was, if I just keep going, I I'll will find eventually them. find them. Yes. By this point, they've probably come back, and they're like, "She's not on the rock. Why isn't she on the rock? Oh my god, Haley! Like looking around, and she's already too far from them." So now, <laughs> I will say first, like she did not find her grandparents, obviously, and for the next. 53 hours. Holy shit. Six-year-old Haley would be lost in like the densest and most remote area of the state (laughs) for like just all by herself. Just great. Everything's fine. And now comes the part of our story (laughs) that gets a little bit weird. Just a little bit weird. Just a little. I like this part. It's kind of what made me want to do this story. (laughs) Quote from Haley. From the moment that I knew I was lost until the moment I was found, I had an imaginary friend. This friend's name was Alicia. She does not state that this was a name she gave this person. Haley says that she was never a child who had an imaginary friend. Like, that was not her thing. She didn't do that as a kid, and she never had one since. But just for that period, on this little journey she takes, she's got this presence with her. And according to Haley, after she was officially lost, like it was Alicia who helped her find the right way to the river. Now the river, I'm going to show you a picture. Show me the river. From the bluff is that far away. Oh, wow. So it's down 200 feet. Yeah. And it's a ways on. Like you can see the river and it's not, you know, minuscule in the distance, but it's also not right fucking there. (laughs) Um, these these pictures I'm showing Emily, I've got a few, are from a hiking group who would later retrace Haley's steps. And they took these pictures being like, this is, this is probably how she saw this, and this is probably where she did this. And so it was pretty interesting. So it's, it's also like really hard to get down the bluff yeah. without dying. Yeah. There's not a lot of safe places to do that. It's a bluff. Yeah. It's super tricky. It requires like climbing and shit. Yeah. So that's why her grandparents didn't want to do it. <laughs> like they weren't going to take her that way. <laughs> like, so she says that this presence, Alicia, helped her to find one of the only safe ways down to the river. She gets there by the end of this day. It's like 1130 is the last time they saw her. She marches down like a way that doesn't she doesn't get hurt. And she finds the river, and she she claims that she was following Alicia. So once she's there, Haley sees the river and sort of forms an idea in her head. I don't know where she got this idea, but it's that she would follow the river, go the way the water is going, which is another really good plan. Mm -hmm. If you find water, you follow it. Yep. Because eventually it would lead to a bridge, which might lead to a road, which might, in her words, lead to a gas station where she could call her parents. She's six. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, Alicia, was that also you? 
<laughs> but either way, she has like a capital P fucking plan now. And she says, quote, it's important for me not to define what she was, Elysia. I've always called her an imaginary friend, and that's what I'm going to call her. She was with me. She kept me calm. She played games with me. She was there for me the entire time. Okay. I have two theories. Mm. I love it. First theory. Yes. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Second theory. She was having a dissociative, ep- dissociative episode in a traumatic time yeah. where her mind was trying to protect her. For sure. And it manifested in an imaginary friend. Right. I. Which is probably more accurate, but like ghost. But also maybe ghost. Yeah. Like, so she talks about this on the YouTube thing a little bit. She tells her entire story first and then she goes back and says, oh, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that. No, no. <laughs> I'm not putting it that way. But she also goes on this podcast called The Grellian Report. It was fine. But it was, like, clearly a dude from radio making uh, a podcast. So, it, like, gross. he cuts to commercial yeah. and transitions in the same way. And he's got that loud, brash voice. And all the music is rock music behind yeah. him. And, and it's, it's aggressive. It's fucking aggressive. Yeah, it's weird. He kind of does, like, a strange phenomena as a show. And he calls this a psychological phenomena. And she, but she also says, like, she's had people ask her, like, was it a ghost? Somebody messaged her on Facebook and asks, was it an alien? <laughs> like, people have a million theories about this this thing. It's weird. Like, my brain doesn't go alien. Yeah, no. Some people's brains probably always go alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just, they just got alien well, on the, the mind. that's how the aliens program them. Yeah. So, quote, more stuff about Alicia. As she said on this podcast... I remember following her, and I think I knew that she was an imaginary friend. There was something ethereal, I suppose, about her. Like, she just says, like, I didn't think this was a kid that I'd stumbled Mm. across. I'm sure somebody asked her if it was her angel. Sure. Yes, guardian angel was the other thing. Yeah. There are things about it that I can't explain. How did I get to the river? It could be a coincidence, but I found the one way to get there. And I remember he asks her to describe this, this girl. And she says, I remember that she was four. I was six and she was four. I seem to recall that she appeared the, that way because she didn't want to scare me. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> it was like she chose how she looked. I don't know if that's something she said or just something I conjured up later. But this is how she looked. She had long black hair that she wore down. And I drew pictures of her after this happened. She was wearing a red sweatshirt, and she had a flashlight. So, Haley reaches the river, presumably with Alicia in tow, or leading her there. And she has a lot of memories of, like, falling into the river. It's <laughs> kind of like trying to, trying to stay on the side, mm. but then tumbling in yeah. sometimes. Um, she remembers vividly, like, how wet she was the rest of the time, the whole fucking time. She was just soaking wet in her socks and stuff. And meanwhile, she, she doesn't drink any of the water from the river. That's probably for the best. Yeah. True. She doesn't think it's good. She didn't know if it's safe and she doesn't find anything that looks edible. So she doesn't drink or eat anything this whole fucking time, but she is just constantly near this water that she never breaks down and just drinks from. And yet those two dudes in the desert. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) Those dudes were without water for way less time than this little girl. And had food. Yes, they had straight up food that has water in it. Family-sized can of beans. (laughs) (laughs) I will never in all my days. Yeah, they got stared in the fucking heart. It's fine. (sighs) I will never in all my days not be angry about that fucking mm-hmm. can- family-sized mm-hmm. can of beans. <laughs> if we hadn't decided on can of gasoline so recently, I'd be like, it's can of beans from yeah. now on, guys. <laughs> Listen, dealer's choice. You can pick a can of beans, can of gasoline, or a can of water. Yeah. <laughs> or a can of soup. You have as long as choices. it's for your family. That's definitely a me. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a meme. The four avatars. Which do you choose? (laughs) (laughs) So, eventually when night falls, it gets much colder. It's late April. It's Arkansas, so it's warmer than here for sure. But perfectly comfortable during the day. Gets pretty cold still at night. And she's soaking wet. 
She remembers that by nightfall, she can hear the sound of helicopters overhead. She never sees them. Well, it's probably dense enough cover. Yeah, for sure. And because of that cover, once she hears them, she thinks, I need to be seen. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks, what I'm going to do is get on a rock in the middle of the river. And I won't belay- belabor this because like, it really it goes fine. Like, oh I don't God. think the river is very wide where she is yet. It gets much wider. But where she is is not that wide. Um, she, she falls in a bunch of times trying to get to this rock. But she eventually gets there. And she kind of waves around and calls to these helicopters. But they never pass directly over. And they never see her. And she ends up with Alicia just sleeping on this rock for the night. That's where she spends the night. She figures, like, that's the only place anybody could see me because of all the trees. Taylor. No, it's sad. She's just like this little girl. Taylor. It's fucking sad. So on the next day, she gets back on the riverbank, and she just keeps walking in the direction of the water. She walks the entire day. Well, there's nothing else to do. Right? Like... Might as well. Right? What else are you going to do? She's with Alicia, and she's looking for any signs of other people, that road she was thinking of. She stays in the shade when the sun gets too hot. Again, she never drinks any water. That night, it looked like it would rain, so she and Alicia found a cave where they stayed the night. It's, she says there that like Haley recalls Alicia carrying the flashlight, but he asks, like, did she use it? He's like, she's like, no, I, I don't remember like a beam of light cutting through the darkness. It was fucking dark. <laughs> like, but she just always had it. And she doesn't recall any of the specific conversations that they had, either when they were on the rock in the river or when they were in this cave or when they were walking. But she knows that Alicia told her stories to keep her calm. And sometimes they would play games. And she remembers distinctly playing patty cake with her. I just need you to think about how creepy <laughs> that would be to stumble upon. Yeah. <laughs> just a child alone in the woods playing patty cake with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's creepy as Look, fuck. Brains are really fucking weird. Brains are really, really fucking weird. And there's so weird. much that's unmapped and unknown. And human coping mechanisms are really fucking strange. Yeah. Right. This phenomena has a name. I'm going to say it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit at the end. Uh, so... Just a word on the rescuers really quick while all of this is happening. Because now she's been lost for about a day and a half. Jesus. So, as you can imagine, it does not take long for people to start searching. Like, her grandparents yeah. will realize pretty like, instantly. That's not a moment where they wait the, like, no. allotted. Right. Oh, no. Because that's not she just no. disappeared and might have run off somewhere. She's literally lost. They yeah. know the moment they lost her. And, like, they probably realized she was gone the second she realized they were gone. Yeah. So they they stayed and, and looked for her for a while. But after a bit, you're like, we have to go tell somebody. Yeah, we need help. Yeah. So they they talked to the authorities. And um, they quickly, like, they, they launched this big search effort, which is, like, the command center for the effort is, like, in this cabin near where Haley was lost. And Haley's mom, Kelly, and her dad, Steve, helped coordinate the effort. They were there, like, making, like, manning calls and, and coordinating volunteers and all of that stuff. But, like, hundreds of people get involved. This is, like, the part, it's, like, similar to my last week's story because, like, hundreds of people get involved, like, very fast. This is a quote from Kelly. People lost their jobs because they refused to go back to work until she was found. Holy shit. Yeah. Who fired them? <laughs> For real, what heartless bastard. What the fuck? Right? Like, I'm trying to find a little girl lost in our neck of the woods, and they're like, fuck you then. You know? <laughs> like, who, do, who does that? Fucking capitalism. That's not fucking Southern hospitality. Not at all. Well, we all know that's a lie. Yeah. Same thing as Minnesota nice. <laughs> but, so yeah, people are really trying. They're working very, very hard. So by the time that night fell on the first day, the helicopters are already in the air, as Haley had heard them. Authorities are have put together the search area, as like I also mentioned, like they've put the models together of these are the places she could have made it by now. Shocker that those models don't include probably walking along the river because where she was lost versus the river was hard enough to get to. That yeah, they, they probably didn't think a six-year-old was going to be able to get down there. Absolutely not. 
that hiking group that took the pictures, they have so many pictures of them being like, all right, well, here's where we had to cross over like the stream leading to the river again. And then over here, and like there's pictures of them being like, we didn't know how to navigate this part. We're hikers. We're experienced hikers. We have no idea how she did this. <laughs> like she was walking over some shit. It's not just like, she explains it as if she is traveling pretty easy terrain, but like it's not that. <laughs> Especially getting to the river was very difficult. Experienced hikers had a hard time. <laughs> So, but yeah. I mean, they also probably were looking at it like adults, for sure. She was just looking like I gotta get. There's a different perspective when you take the height down. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, she says that's part of the reason why she lost her grandparents so easy. Yeah, it's because she was too small. She just couldn't wasn't yeah. tall enough to see him. Yeah. So back to Haley. So on the third day, Haley and her strange phenomena, with the cute name, they're they're still walking. By this point. Haley's getting pretty dehydrated. This is her third day without a drink of water. It's been like two and a half days. Um, And there's nothing else to do but walk, like you said before. She's still just doing that. At one point, she recalls that she began to hallucinate. And she remembers, like, seeing distinctly, like, a field of flamingos. Like, just... Off somewhere in front of her was just this big field of flamingos. Yeah, super fucked up. I right, little body probably gets pretty dehydrated. Pretty brain fast. is weird. Brain is super weird. Her brain is kid still brain? developing. Oh yeah, kid brain. Kid brain extra weird. Yeah, who the fuck knows what's going on in there? Yeah. So, when asked, she does note that these hallucinations had a different feeling to her than Alicia did. Hmm. Like, because Alicia appeared right away and yeah. not due to dehydration. So she's still like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I don't fucking know. At one point, Haley gets tired and she decides to sit down for a while next to the river. And she takes off her shoes and her socks and she puts her feet in the water. And she lays down on the rocks behind her and Alicia sits next to her. And in her own words, she was just relaxing. <laughs> like, she wasn't feeling so terrible or at least her little mind wasn't thinking your body is dying <laughs> like she was just kind of like i'm gonna take a break she earned it yeah absolutely she's walked miles yeah, <laughs> like literal miles yeah that's really tough so she's there for a little bit this is a light she's there for a little bit when out of the forest come two men on oh. mules oh oh it's Lytle James and it's William Jeff Belines. <laughs> oh. And they see Haley with her feet in the water and they say, are you Haley Vega? We've been looking for you. So Lytle and William Jeff have provisions, but like not great ones. <laughs> like they don't well, have I'm sure they weren't water. expecting to like fucking find her. Not necessarily. Because right? they weren't part of the search party. Right. And you, they are formally. hoping, obviously, like that where they're going, that's where they think she would be. So like they, you always got to hope. Yeah. But you probably don't expect. Yeah. But yeah, they don't have fucking water on them. They have a uh, Diet Coke <laughs> and they got a, a packet of pudding. <laughs> so she has some Coke and some pudding, which is actually probably good because she hasn't had solid food in 53 yeah. hours. So and also probably... the salt from the Coke might be nice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a little bit of caffeine to pepper up a little bit. Yeah. And hopefully not too much to be a further diuretic is it's the only fine. problem. <laughs> it's fine. It's enough to get her to point B. Exactly. Like, they just have to now put her on a mule and walk her out of there. Yeah. It takes them, this is how far away she was, it takes them three fucking hours to get back to where the volunteers were searching. Like, on mule, too. Like, she is a little girl, and it took her days to get that far, but she was three hours away from them, where they were ever going to look for her. So, quote from Haley. William Jeffelines and Lytle James are their names, and they are heroes. And they trusted I, their fucking gut. Yeah, they did. And I can say without hesitation that I would not be here telling you this story if it weren't for them. Yep, I would have. No I one was totally looking dead. down there. Yeah, nobody. They would have been finding a body. Right. It's fucking nuts. So, Haley noted that the last time she saw Alicia was just before she was rescued. I think of it like a movie all the time where like she's talking to Alicia and then you hear something in the bushes and it's the two guys and, and then you, you turn back, back and she's gone. Yeah. Cause she doesn't need it anymore. Like 
So it's okay. The brain is so weird. So fucking weird. Oh, that makes me sad. I know. So she's taken to a hospital, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Where she's treated for dehydration and a few cuts and scrapes. Nothing crazy, though. She didn't fucking cut herself open. She didn't fall. Yeah. She didn't break an arm. She's mostly fine. (laughs) She just needs like a banana bag. (laughs) She lost five pounds. She went from 47 to 42 pounds. Little kid. So tiny. So tiny. Oh my God. But she makes a full recovery and she goes home in a couple of days. And then they just kind of, there's quotes of them being like, you know, she'll, she'll, she might debrief with somebody later, but right now we're just going to spend time with our daughter. At one point, her mother was like, what we've realized out of all of this is that our lives are too busy and we need to spend more time with our daughter. So that was very nice. Final quote. What I got from all of this was the power of community. This is something my family and I have always taken from this experience. My disappearance sparked the largest search and rescue mission in Arkansas history. People who I've never met and probably will never meet. I just want to say thank you so much. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that coordinated effort. Now, the only last thing is like the fun fact, like that phenomena of Alicia, like a person there to help you immediately upon a crisis happening is called the third man factor. Mm. And there is, uh, there are other things. I'm sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Like obviously there's enough that they've named it. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of the ones that they reference are people lost when people are lost even if it's a couple of people that's why third man factor there's just like they can both be like someone was there i don't know (laughs) someone was there to comfort us um there's another story and i won't give his name or too many details in case we want to do it one day but of a even younger boy he was three and what he tells is the story of a big black dog that helps him and nobody thinks that dog exists. They're like, holy shit, what did you think was there? <laughs> was and, it a bear? Right. Yeah, I mean, some of them are like, it's a bear, right? But <laughs> Like, but, you were a cub for a little bit, huh? Yeah. But either way, like, I mean, we'll never know because that kid's three. So he will have no proper memory of that at all. No. We won't get a story from that. But the, the tales he's told sound a lot like Haley. And they... When they found that kid, her story started getting dredged up because people were like, oh, you know who has a similar thing? Fucking Haley Zega. (laughs) And so she started getting interviews and shit. So yeah, third man factor. Super interesting. It's crazy though, because like, I don't know. Did you have imaginary friends? Yes. I, here's how fucking narcissistic I was as a child, apparently. Jesus. I had, my my imaginary friend was my twin. (laughs) I always wanted to be a twin, and her name was my middle name, Morgan. <laughs> she was with me for many years. I, I think I just wanted somebody exactly like me. That's fair. <laughs> Did you? Yes, but I'm pretty sure mine was a ghost. <laughs> oh, so you actually think like that person? That's was why a... my brain immediately went to ghost. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because not... I didn't have an imaginary friend. I had an imaginary family that lived in the house. Oh, and shit. I used to, I could describe them mm-hmm. and they spoke to me and it was a mother, father and two kids. And I used to make my dad hold the door open for them. Oh Lord. Yeah. And then slowly they started coming places with us. So then my dad would have to hold the car door open for them. <laughs> and That's my mom amazing. started getting worried because she, she like, previously had a ghost that started following her. Oh, sure. She's- and it was like, I'm not fucking doing this again. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she did it again. I was going to say, didn't did, uh, it, did anything happen there? Like, did you guys Not just, there. Yeah. Did they eventually just leave you alone? Do you remember? Or I don't remember. Just, just move? They and... just, they kept the bad imaginary friend that lived under my bed at bay. Oh, good. And my mother <laughs> sat me down and was like, you just need to tell them to go away. Yeah. Like, maybe they won't She was just like, together. all right, I'm done with ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I thought I was through with ghosts. I left the ghost behind in California. We're not doing this again. Your mother, Mary Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of huh. Haley Vega. I'm She's... very glad she was okay. Me too. Um, she seems great. She's actually like, I think she's moved back, but for a while she was in, I don't know, some place where you do acting. So LA or New York. Um, Cause she has like an IMDB. 
Oh, wow. She's an actress, extra, and model. Mm. So she'd Probably. be out there. She was really cool. Nice. Yes. Uh, should we refresh our drinks? We should. Do we want a harp noise? Harp noise? Harp noise. <gasps> <laughs> 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 Fuck, Emily. Let's do my disorganized notes. Let's go. Let's yes. fucking go. Good, because we're recording. Oh, and, uh, good. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're Shit. back. Um, just so everyone knows, because I didn't properly say before, this is Mamitas. 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 Made in Wanakee, Wisconsin. The only Wisconsin. in the world. Yes. Um, my, we used to live in Middleton, Wisconsin, which if you go through Middleton in a certain way, y- you will reach Wanakee. And there is a sign there yeah. that says the only Wanakee in the world. And every time we passed by that sign, my mother would go, thank fuck. My roommate was from Wanakee. Really? In college, yeah. <laughs> and I drove her home. And it's very much, it's got a small town feel to it. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And we were driving through and I locked my doors out of habit. And she was like, why did you? (laughs) Right. Because that's not the place where that would need to happen usually. like, well, I'm still, I don't feel wrong because there's a lot of white people (laughs) everywhere. Wanaki was absolutely, at least, you know, back then. Very white. Very white and very on the edge of being in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was like farmland all the way yeah. down after yep. that. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a that was a nothing town for Sherzies. Yeah. I, I mean if they're making mamitas, that m- things might be different Things over there might now. be different now. <laughs> Which I really hope so. Yeah, Good me job, Wanaki, hopefully. Yeah. Um uh, we got the mango now, right? No. No. You have pineapple. I have pineapple. I have You've lime. Got- I tried the pineapple. I still don't like pineapple. I'm proud of you for trying it. <laughs> I can still taste it. Now you know for sure. Because this is like a pretty legit pineapple flavor. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like canned pineapple. No. This is the fresh shit. Yeah. Which like answers a question that I've always wondered of like, maybe I could try it again. Yeah. Like some fresh pineapple and see. No. You, yeah. Fuck no. I would say the next time you have to you try pineapple, you have to be somewhere where pineapples grow. Because then you're having the best version of a pineapple. And if you still don't like it, then you just know that forever. That's fine. But maybe you like that one version of pineapple. The best it can possibly ever be. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with Guinness for me. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, let's do this. Um, By the way, did you put more tequila in this? I, do you know me? I just um I was standing there and I don't remember. So That's probably that fault. means <laughs> that means yes. <laughs> Anyways. Let's do this. Let's get sad and let's um see how this goes with my really, really disorganized notes and it's fine. It's probably fine. Is the thing about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Starting with a quote. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Originally, I thought he punched me. I realized there was blood on my fingers, and I thought, that's odd. Then I realized there was blood on my shirt. Oh, no. A lot of it. Then I realized it was coming from my neck. She, oh, is she stabbed? He is, yeah. He's stabbed? He's stabbed. Oh, God, okay. 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 All right. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't going to start with a quote. Yeah, but here we are, and I'm glad you did, because I'm intrigued. All right. Do you remember? Probably not. 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Brutally honest there. Yeah. I have ADHD tendencies. I probably don't remember anything. (laughs) May 26th, Mm -hmm. 2017. Mm -hmm. A man named Jeremy Joseph Christian. Okay. Three names. Three names. Fatally stabbed two men and injured a third after he was confronted for shouting racist and anti-Muslim slurs at two teenage black girls on a train in Portland. I remember that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Destiny Magnum and Walia Muhammad were on a max light rail train in Portland in Oregon. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. People say Oregon, but I think it's Oregon. 
I think it's Oregon. There is an Oregon, Wisconsin. Yes. And they're very particular. They're very particular about how that is said, which is yes. why I get confused in my life. Yes, same. <laughs> um, so two of the victims, Ricky John Best and Talison Mirden Namkai McShea. Damn. Were murdered, unfortunately. Oh. And the third victim, Micah David Cole Fletcher, survived. Christ. Okay. Jeremy Joseph Christian was a white supremacist. What? I'm so fucking shocked. And a white nationalist. No. And they did catch him. And he was arrested. Good. For murder, attempted murder, and other crimes, including hate crime and assault. And a separate charge of hate crime assault the day before the fatal attack. What? Was he charged with murder at any point? Just a quick Just for cue. this one. Okay. Not before. But in the past, he's... He's just been a hate crimeist and yeah. an assaultist. Yeah. Good. It's fine. This was 2017. Trump was a barely a year. Barely into a office. year into his presidency. So everything was fine. <sighs> and there was a lot of uproar across the nation about this. Yeah. And I like I distinctly remember it because everyone kind of went, whoa. Mm -hmm. Because the biggest thing people were advocating for is see something, say something. Sure. And they saw him being hateful and using hate speech against two teenage girls, two fucking teenage girls on a train where they can't run anywhere. Right. Um, he used anti-Muslim slurs and was apparently screaming that he was a taxpayer and that colored people were ruining the city and he had a First Amendment right. Oh, my God. Of course. No, of course. This sounds yes. exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this happened, um, it wasn't rush hour, but it's Portland. Train cars are usually like the busy. light rail's always busy. Yeah. All the seats were filled. Some passengers were standing. He was ranting. Train operator tried to shut it down of just being like, hey, whoever the fuck is doing this needs to get off. But they were easily picked out because... One of them, the 17-year-old, was Somali, who was wearing a hijab. Oh, God. Anyways, the three gentlemen stepped in to try and intervene and de-escalate the situation. Because, again, these are teenage girls. And this guy, I'll show you a picture of him. He's huge. Like, when you picture a white nationalist. Yeah. I mean, Skinhead. I, yeah. I like, usually picture a scrawny piece of shit, No, honestly. this was a beefy one. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Blech. That's terrifying, yeah, generally. Exactly. When they have muscles as big as their head and yeah. they hate you. Yeah. Awful. So one of the guys told him, you need to get off this train. Please get off this train. They tried to form a barrier between him and the girls to protect them. Mm -hmm. um, he got close. They tried to push him back. The guy responded, touch me again and I'm going to kill you. And then, and then he pulled a knife. I am absolutely sure he still believed in that moment that that was also his right to do. Right, because he believed it was self-defense. Yeah, even though no one's done anything no. to him. No, And they, he was the one who escalated the situation. Right. They just believe it's impinging on their First Amendment right, and that is a killable offense. Even though, the First Amendment right, yes, technically you can say things, but if you were trying to incite violence or if you were spewing a hateful rhetoric... That's there are protected. consequences, and it's not protected. Right. Specifically, <laughs> what you're doing speech. is a hate crime. Yes. This is now a hate against crime. Against a protected class. Especially when you pull a knife. It's like, nope. Uh, oh, we're right there in hate crime pull territory. Pull a knife on a minor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways. It's fine. It's fine. It's probably it's fine. fine. It's probably fine. So he brandished the knife and started stabbing and slashing at people. And he got Micah in the neck, oh, who's our God. survivor. That's nuts that he's the survivor. In the neck? In the neck. You got so many fucking arteries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my um, God. A bystander saw Fletcher get stabbed mm. and started giving him first aid. 
three other guys were trying to help give first aid to the other two until EMS arrived. Um, Ricky John Best passed away on the scene. Oh, Towson is- did get to a hospital, but he passed away. Right. Um, the girls fled, leaving all of their stuff behind. Yeah, like I they mean, just at that fucking point, ran. You just have to get the fuck yeah, out because they genuinely feared their lives were in danger, and they yes. they were. This is literally the scene of a murder, and yes. you were the original targets. Yeah. So I absolutely understand that. I don't need my fucking iPod. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I know this is 2017, but still. Yeah. <laughs> so after the attack, obviously, because it was now an active crime scene, everything got shut the fuck down. Yeah. No more light rail for no today. no 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 no. Um, police did locate christian and a group of at least eight officers arrested him so what it took all eight of them he was a beefy man he was a beefy man i'm gonna go ahead and say right now he was on steroids and his testicles were really tiny probably tiny little testicles and penis (laughs) and the police affidavit states Mm -hmm. that during the arrest, Christian threw the folding knife with a 3.75-inch blade. That is big. That's big. It's really big. That's a big that's fucking... It's a really big blade. And I'm, I'm not sure my hands I don't think it's street make... legal. No, 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 no. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> um, and he threw it at the police car. That's fine. <laughs> fucking threw it at the police car. As if that's going to do some shit. And then told the police... I just stabbed a bunch of motherfuckers in the neck. I can die in prison a happy man. Um, and then said, that's what liberalism gets you. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Dude, I get you're high on some sort of really horrible adrenaline shit because you've just murdered some people and you think it's cool. But what the fuck does that actually mean? <laughs> like... Words mean things. Like, I'm not even going to get into the other shit that happened because there was theft off of the body of... No. Yeah. Like, other people just came in and were like, One yeah, person, yeah, yeah. like, took a wedding ring and, like, his backpack and wallet of best. That's tragic. Yeah. I really hope, like, that it... it they found me- him and they arrested him and they retrieved the... Oh, really? The goods, yeah. Was it... I just kind of want to know about, like... Was this a desperate person? Yeah. Because that's sad. It's sad. It's all sad. It's really, yeah. No, nothing about this is cool or not sad. No. But it was that all... somebody looked at a dead body and thought, I well, need this more I than I need them. this more than they do. Yeah. That's really sad. So, Micah, the thing that kind of struck me, because I like wasn't going to do the story, because I was like, well, it is what it is. Right. But... The trial transcript of Micah's testimony, they the prosecution begins to kind of delve into Micah's life and his past mm-hmm. of establishing, obviously, character. And Micah is on the autism spectrum. This I remember as well. Yes. A little bit of. Yes. Yes. And it's really kind of insane, the good in people... And, like, the anxiety you can overcome in a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Because he, a quote from him is, in middle school, all three years, I was jumped at least twice a week. A group of anywhere from five to nine people would physically assault me. And he said that experiences like that shaped him and informed his strong societal and, and political beliefs. Wow, yeah. And he started engaging in poetry slams and other similar events in high school and he started speaking out hell yeah so but also so like he's got autism so that's already like a sensory yeah i don't know exactly what right where on the spectrum he was it presents in all different ways we can't say one thing but that would a neurotypical person Mm mm-hmm being jumped all the time would probably have a pretty serious aversion to right. conflict, right. especially especially physical, because of all that that's happened to them. Right. So, like, he's not only probably... like jumping in front of other people, yeah, but also then keeping him away and pushing him back, yeah, and knowing you are now front line of whatever this guy is going to do, and like, 
having the idea that like this has already happened to you a bunch it will happen to you again right now you're putting yourself in a situation yeah. in which it will happen again that's terrifying for anybody yeah Ugh. and he had attended he had attended other protests and rallies before and had been arrested because they were just you know arresting protesters left and right for yeah. the last four fucking years. What? <laughs> Explain, Emily. I forgot. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. I'm getting it's like so really, I'm, I'm like getting sweaty because all I can think about is Kyle fucking Rittenhouse too. And where he is. Yeah, and the fact that we don't know where he we is. fucking know where he is and it's fine. It's fucking fine. So Micah was a really like, he's a really sweet guy and he attended one protest dressed as a clown and did some juggling what? as a oh. way of protesting through whimsy oh my because god because he was quote saying it was it's just less scary than for other people if i'm able to show up in a way people would laugh instead of looking intimidating i would prefer it oh so like he just has a really good heart he's just really trying to get the word out yeah. there but like never make anybody feel uncomfortable now wow here's the thing mm-hmm. with QAnon. So I don't you like know. that sentence ever, <laughs> Emily. I just want to say, I want after this moment moratorium <laughs> on. Here's the thing with QAnon: we never get to say that again on this podcast. You get the one time. <laughs> I can't handle it. So, <laughs> okay, I'm good. I don't know when exactly. Because I just kind of tuned out for like a year and a half of my life. Yeah, as one needs to do sometimes. <laughs> it's fine. And I wasn't following the uprising of new racist things. It's not worth it. No. So good call. So I don't know exactly when QAnon came into being. Fairly soon after Trump won, okay. I think. I think. Because Micah says that he remembers seeing the guy that attacked him at an event that he'd attended that day. And Christian, the guy that did the attack, was seen giving a Nazi-style Zekheil salute and also called it a Viking salute. So that's why I'm like, mm. yeah, I mean, I know the Viking stuff has been linked to QAnon, but it's also linked to white supremacy in general. Which is really stupid. Really it's really stupid. fucking stupid. And actual, like, and people they... who believe in Norse mythology and, like, study it and, and live that as their lives are so fucking angry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the time about this. Because it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not about Guys, Nazis. it's not. It's not about Nazis and it's not for Nazis. And you st- can stop appropriating this people's culture. <laughs> like, fuck you. Um, Micah also said on the stand that Christian was yelling about Saudi Arabia. And telling them to get the fuck out of America. He doesn't actually know anything. He doesn't know anything <laughs> he doesn't because in 2017. Any. He only knew the one country. He only knew the one country. And like that, that's technically, for better or worse, an ally of ours. Right. <laughs> like, like that's hit or miss. And like Saudi Arabia isn't great. No, of course not. And no. They have their own issues, but also like. But they're not. I don't know what I would expect from a racist piece of shit. Right. He's um. He. Reps, I mean, the fact like, that he said multiple syllables of a place. Good for him, I guess. I guess he probably mispronounced it in some way, and everyone just had to go. Oh, he meant Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And Micah yelled at him, and told him to shut the fuck up, and tell told him that you can't yell at kids like that. Y- yeah. Yeah. They are children. And the prosecutor, in all his glory, said, "Do you think that was appropriate to do?" And Mike is like, I what? wasn't, that wasn't something I was thinking about. I'm, I'm sorry, just to go. So prosecutor in Christian's trial. Yeah. Is then asking Micah if he thought it was a good idea. Right. To get in front of. Which like I understand because the defense is going to try and discredit him. Sure. So prosecution is trying to get ahead of that. And trying to get his frame of mind. Right. And, sure. And he goes further into it of just like, basically, I, I've i never been in a fist fight. I wasn't prepared for a fight. I just wanted to help. Sure. Yeah. It, it and he like wanted he was, to de-escalate the situation. That's all he was trying to do. Right. Right. That's all any of them were trying to do. And that's why they mentioned like his protests and the fact that he showed up like in a clown suit trying to lighten the mood and give people something to laugh about rather than just being so angry all the fucking time. Right. And 
the prosecutor also asked why he acted after one of the other guys was shoved of like shoving back. And he said, quote, because it wasn't about me. This wasn't about feeding my ego and protecting myself. It was about protecting the other person and making sure he wasn't hurt. He wasn't trying to big dog the dude. Yeah. He just wanted him to step away so people yeah. could feel safe. Yeah. So a little bit more about what happened with like getting stabbed and realizing he was stabbed. Micah. Yeah. Is he, he got off the train. Oh God. He got off the train. Gushing from the neck. And was oh. trying to not like get his heart rate up too much. Oh my God. That's incredibly weird to think about. Yeah. At that and moment. like realized like he had the thought of like, I'm going to die. Oh God. And like at this point in the testimony, like he gets really like choked up. He faced literal death. Yeah. And he he went to the train platform and he was helped by um, a man named Marcus Knipe, who witnessed what happened and like followed him. <laughs> like, sure. Hey, like, oh, that guy's hey, just going to. Hey. Yeah. You can't just walk out, bud. Yeah. You need help. And then Marcus held pressure on the wound. Good. And Micah had Marcus call his mother. <gasps> oh, that's how sure he was. He was going to die. Yeah. And he said that Marcus lied to his mother saying Micah had only been stabbed in the arm to not worry her. And then he gave the phone to Micah. Um, Micah said, quote, I told her I loved her and that I'd see her soon. I asked her as an aside that she call my work and tell them I wouldn't be in today. He is dying. Yeah. Like, he lives through this, but he's dying at that moment. And, like, the thing is, is, like, he's so calm and collected throughout all of the testimony until he gets to that point. That's a really horrific thing to have to do. Because it's very, like, it's very clear that, like, he's taken this from, like, an analytical approach of the storytelling. Sure. And, like, that's the only time where it it gets really fucking personal. It breaks through yeah. what he's the, the wall he's trying to build around the story. Yeah. It, like he talked to his own mom and had to pretend he wasn't gushing from the neck. Like yeah. what an awful yeah. thing. Yeah. So obviously like immediately after there was a lot of public figures speaking out, including like the mayor, Ted Wheeler called the victims of the attack heroes and that their actions were brave and selfless. Um, the governor of Oregon echoed that and said all or I don't Oregonians. Oregonians? Oregonians? I don't all people of Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing our best. Need to come together. Mm -hmm. Even though you know yeah, but not the white supremacists. No. Yeah, everybody but Because them. the mayor even, like, tried to call on the federal government to withhold a permit for a, quote, Trump free speech rally that was going to be happening. Maybe. After the stabbing. Sure, yeah, because that's one of the early, like, actually, though, our president likes to incite violence sometimes, and we just yeah. had violence. So maybe let's not. Yeah. Yeah. So the Portland police did try I guess. Did try what, those fucks? <laughs> <laughs> what, Emily? <laughs> they they tried to protect the Muslim community and reached okay. out to the Muslim community to discuss increased patrolling because Ramadan was happening and coming up. Oh, God. Which is good. Right. Thanks for protecting and serving I the way you fucking should for once. Great. For now, shit still goes down, I think, in Portland. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of people came together. The Council on American Islamic Relations asked Trump to denounce the rising bigotry. We and, all know and. how that went. <laughs> what do you mean, Emily? He, you mean he didn't do it? Oh, it's fine. No, I'm it's sure he's super no, fine. What? He would never not denounce violence against a certain group of people. There are good people you know, on, on both, both sides. sides. <laughs> Is that from this? No, that was but, from Charlottesville. Fuck, you're right. That was even where earlier. a woman died. <laughs> 
But you know there were good people on both sides, even though there's Everybody. video of somebody getting beat to almost uh, death in a parking ramp by white supremacists. But, like, it's fine. It's all fine. It's all been it's fine, all fine for about five it's, years now. Nothing makes he sense. kind of got pushed into saying something, and he tweeted it. Is it all caps or no? No. Oh, okay. The violent attacks in Portland on Friday are unacceptable. The victims were standing up to hate and intolerance. Our prayers are W slash them with them. He didn't even type out with. That's how I type with. Not even at work. You fucking lazy ass. But show you this guy. Which one is this? So this is Jeremy Christian, the guy who was a racist piece of shit. Oh, yeah. He looks yeah, like a, he's a fucking idiot. Beefy boy. He looks like a Neanderthal. Yeah, long, scraggly hair. Yeah. Um, is he in prison right now, yes. Emily? Yes. Is he in prison for he the rest of his life? He was convicted. He's in jail for two consecutive life terms. Good. Good. No possibility of parole. And just in case, they gave him an additional 51.5 years for related charges. <laughs> <laughs> for all the previous shit he'd done. And during sentencing, he had to be removed from the courtroom after an angry outburst directed at one of the girls. Oh, my God. So it's he's being... fine. Mm. It's fine. Thank you for telling the story because I kind of forgot about it because it was... Um three and a half years ago and i don't remember anything from back then yeah because it was a different time right different time all the times were it's different times fine at this point. it's stick a yeah. face in no i appreciate it and like hey i i hope micah is doing okay yeah i wish him the best yeah he's a hero all of he them is. are heroes. all of them are heroes i'm just i'm very sad two of them had to die yes that's awful and Micah was so fucking close. Oh, my God. I can't believe he I got just, stabbed in the like, neck and lived. An almost four-inch blade in the neck. Nuts. He had to have just maybe not gotten whatever artery that is yeah. that spews it across a room. Yeah. <laughs> like, And thinking about keeping your heart rate low... And he talked to his mom on the phone. My God. like, his. And, like, the other guy was like, all right, we're just, we're not going to worry her. Because yeah. you're probably dying right it's i i'm proud of him is my thing i'm just super duper yeah. proud of him yeah he's a good person yeah so you should be a super lot like micah you should be absolutely the most maybe like micah that you have ever been and he deserves you should be it. like the imaginary friend <laughs> You should absolutely be like Alicia, mm -hmm. but also you should be like Haley you sometimes. You should be like Haley sometimes. Sometimes you just got to kind of trudge your way yeah. through something until it works out for you okay, which is nice. And I guess otherwise, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Uh-Oh. Uh-Oh. Uh -oh. And uh, don't forget your can of... Beans. <laughs> That's not what the fuck I was expecting. <laughs> I'm here for a choose your own adventure ending. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw to you every yep. time yep. now. And I'm going to pick gonna a choose one. your own adventure. Yep. yep. Thank Today's you, beans. <laughs> <laughs>